So, about 50 minutes ago, I got a text message from Evan. <laughs> said, hey, are you sending us a podcast link? And I was in the produce section of H-E-B. And I thought, nope, I'm at H-E-B. So, I finished that list off. I have to go tomorrow. And I hurried home to bring you Sorry, a 50-minute oh, delayed yeah. episode of You Never Studied. So, uh, very sorry about that, but glad to be here with you. And just as a reminder, I'm Hans. This is Evan. We'll get to the guy in the corner in just a second. <laughs> um, many of you know who he is. Uh, so uh, this is an episode where we wanted to introduce you to somebody we care about and you probably care about as well. But as uh, before we get to that, I want to remind everyone that you need to rate this podcast five stars Go to youneverstudy.com. We actually picked up a, a new friend, Drew, who didn't know we had a podcast. Yes. Yeah, he would be uh, so fun to have on. Drew was like, you guys have a podcast? This is everything <laughs> I've been praying for. TBCers uh, uh, that are students know who Drew is because he led two of our Reverb D-Now weekends. Uh, and he is a great friend and also uh, uh, sings better than most people. Alive. So that's that. Speaking of D-Now Weekends, though, I think that gives us a great segue into introducing our guest. So Evan, tell us a little bit about who is here. But before we do that, this episode is brought to you by PlaybackyardGames.com. If you want to buy a cornhole set or other outdoor games, make sure you go to PlaybackyardGames.com. Official sponsor of You Never Studied. Yeah, so, don't ask our guest to make one for you. He probably would, but uh, don't do it. Don't do that because <laughs> he would make one and it would be well made. Uh, no, well our our guest is uh, is our youth pastor, former youth pastor, Steve Corn. Hey, Steve. Hey. It's good to have you, man. It's awesome to see you guys. See how it, far you come. He is also an avid "You Never Studied" listener. Um, I think uh, usually, if we're gonna get feedback on on an episode, we get it from Steve uh, as well as some other faithful folk. But uh, so thanks, thanks for that. Adding to the play count, really appreciate that. That's what he's here for. Yeah, uh, he always has been supportive of of all of the endeavors of Evan and Hans. So uh, <laughs> I don't know about all of them. No, probably not. Many all of, them. of them. Many of them. Many of them. Uh, you know, I, Hans and I are in in no small part in ministry because of you, Steve. I think that's fair to say. Without it making it a big, you know. No, screw that. I'd make no. it a huge deal. No, I, I would I too. Am, I just know I'm he doesn't like it. I'm not where I am today without this guest. So forget that, you know, oh, well, you know, he's going to be like, oh, is what he's going to say. Oh, I was just learning along I with was, you guys. Yeah, I know. I was just learning I, that, along with you guys. That's why I was, I was preempting <laughs> that. Uh, but uh, no, I wasn't really doing anything. I'll, I'm going to say this because you totally undersold it, Evan. And I understand you're being, you know, you're a man of the people. You don't want to get Steve to get a big head. But, oh no, that wasn't it at all. I don't care about Steve's head. Yeah, I, I, you're just yeah. you're being you're being kind. And I just know what Steve likes. Yeah, I know, I know. But forget that. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, I'll mute Steve so he can't say anything if he's gonna yeah, j just so that I can say this. Um, whenever I am asked to, to list the top one, two, or three, Steve is clearly in like the top three people of my life who have had the most significant impact. Yeah, he's number, he's number one and, for me. And given me the most, uh, like the way I often put it is like, Kevin McKee taught me how to pastor. Uh, I had some professors who really taught me about how to love the church, but Steve really gave me a heart for- Ministry. 
ministry and pursuing people, people yeah. for the Lord. Uh, and, and so, so I have in different seasons of my life, different influences, but without Steve grabbing me first and taking me along to go, uh, meet Scott Crenshaw at his secret IHOP, uh, <laughs> breakfast thing, you know, and I'm sure none of them wanted and Jeff, us and Jeff there. Scott. Yeah. Or, or breaking the, breaking the rules about bringing us to Metro Bible study back before we were in college and we all had to get too. kicked out by Dave Edwards, uh, or <laughs> let, us trying to convince I thought about him. That the, I thought about that the other day and I was like, I, I actually, well, I think I was in college for that. So I, I no, we, we missed the cutoff, but all of like the other like kids, like, yeah, of us, yeah, we were in college by that point. And we're like, hey, so, so I, I, it, I don't know what percentage of where I am now to give to Steve, but it's way more than I would. No doubt. Way more than I would. I, I was just a conduit, right? I know. I, I, know, I, know, I know. Doing it all. And I, I truly, I, I really feel like we were, it was a special time. It was. God was doing some great things in our church, in our midst, um, with our, our pastor as well. Mike Matthews, my father-in-law now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so we were. Yeah, you liked it so people. much, you just kind of wanted to stay. You stayed like, in the family. Just, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mike, let's keep this thing going. Can I marry your daughter? No, Mike, Mike uh, you know, uh, as part of my testimony, Mike, uh, Mike is the person that I first remember hearing the gospel clearly from. Ooh. Okay, so uh, what? Uh, what about Hans's first time to hear? <laughs> uh, I, I want to know, Evan. What is your first Steve memory? Well, uh, I knew Steve, like, I think, I think I met Steve before maybe he even was officially the, the student ministry director. Like I walked, it was my mom worked at the church. I walked in and he was playing guitar and I was like, Hey, I play guitar. Who the heck are you? 22 year old. Um, and he had a 12 string, which I'd never played before. And I was like, I was like, I like that guy. And then they're like, well, he might be the youth guy. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Uh, cause I was from <laughs> elementary. Age. Like I was not a student. Yeah. Uh, my Your dad sister was on the committee that, that right. helped hire me. Yeah. Yes. My dad was on the, uh, we were, we grew up Methodist. It was called a pastor parish committee. Uh, and so the pastor and parishioners, right. Which call it a Methodist church, uh, were, were in charge of like hiring and firing, um, like people on, in the church. And so, cause there, there's congregational stuff, uh, in the Methodist world. And yeah, so my dad was on the committee that, that helped hire Steve. Steve came over for dinner, you know, kind of like pretty early on in all that process and we were like oh yeah like uh, my parents kind of uh, built a rapport with steve early on so steve became kind of like an ex officio godbolt pretty pretty early on uh in uh, his tenure at tomball umc I, I remember teaching you how to play a song on guitar called nobody so you could yep. do it at your elementary school talent show yes yes yeah i was not confident enough to play it myself though so i made you record it and i sang oh to it. yeah i forgot yeah. about that part. but i didn't i did learn how to play it uh, you know you taught me i mean you taught me my first worship songs you taught me a lot about guitar a lot about technology we were talking about this before we actually started recording like all of the things that were live like churches are doing now like digitally like live streaming i'm pulling from the deep recesses of my brain from like my analog video mixer days where you taught me how to like fade and cross between two analog RCA video sources with like a Max Pro video mixer. So like the T bar, all the stuff's done in like in software now. Uh, yeah. But like we've still got these like HDMI versions of this exact same thing uh, that I'm like, I know this from literally 20 years ago, uh, you know, when Steve taught me how to do all this stuff. And now it's like, you know, a marketable skill and part of my everyday job. Uh, I was just watching other guys that knew what All because do. of you, Steve. Steve all because just, of you. Guy was guy was just a special time and guy I was, was just being so my memory my, my memory of Steve first one he was my 
choir camp counselor when I was in fourth grade, which is crazy to think about because I have a fourth grader. Uh, like, so <laughs> Ethan is in fourth grade and I was Ethan's age when I met you. That was way before I was even at Tomball. You weren't even at the yeah, church. No, yeah, that wasn't even Tomball yet. I yeah. lived up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area at that time. And so you were my counselor uh, at choir camp back when you only needed one counselor per room, uh, you yeah. know, in those archaic rules. <laughs> um, uh, but I do clearly remember the first con- like, like chronological memory of that time was you flipped me backwards and held on to me, and I kind of bent – like I, you, ha- you kind of ha- you were behind me and you roll me back, so my back's on your shoulder and my feet kind of kick backwards, right? So I'm kind of like a taco now, and I hurt my chest and I start crying. Uh, and you, you were trying to placate me, I think. So you took me to the secret camp counselor room that had a cooler full of cokes in it. Uh, Counselor's like, cabin. Yeah. You're like here, t- take what you want. It's a lake really sorry. <laughs> and and so uh, you took that's me to that too. I, that's where I remember of you. And then when my mom told me that you were hired, I was like, great. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's basically it. But Evan, go ahead. We want to hear a little bit about uh, Steve. And you had some good questions to ask him because he's had quite the journey. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one that we would encourage anyone to follow. Well, so Steve, you, like I said, uh, you're instrumental in Hans and uh, uh, me, uh, both of us going into ministry, but also just instrumental in our faith, in our walk growing up uh, as students and kind of sending us out into college. So uh, we were still total idiots because most kids are, but we were less idiots about some important things because of you. Uh, and, And you continue to do that long after kind of our graduating class was done and then even moved on to another church and did that. But then you kind of transitioned out of vocational ministry. So tell people uh, that don't know you a little bit about what you're doing now and kind of how that came about. Oh, I don't know if you want to know all the details of how it came about. But no, not all the details, but just me, kind of, you know. I want yeah. to know all the details. <laughs> um, I was I was serving and um, in the church, in the Methodist church, um, probably not typical Methodist in the theology that we were doing. Um, but we were, God was using us and it was, it was going well. I moved from Tomball, where is, which is where I was with you guys to the Lake Jackson area mm-hmm. and uh, continued working in youth ministry. I did that for another, I think it was another eight years, something like that. Yeah. It was a while. Um, and then there were some things that were going on at the church and uh, basically, they just got rid of the position that I that I had. They were wanting to take that full time position and make it part time um, because it's the financial situation in the church. I mean, in fairness, you didn't get fired. You could have kept your job, just gotten paid less. <laughs> I could have if I, but I wouldn't have been able to support my family. <laughs> So, so um, what did you, yeah. So what did you do kind of coming out of that? Did you look for other church jobs or did you kind of take that time to reassess? While, but I kind of, I kind of been sensing, um, I had had children. I, you know, got married when I was in Tomball, right. Left the, the very next month to move to Lake Jackson. Mm-hmm. And Miranda and I kind of started our lives in Lake Jackson. Right. We did ministry together for a long time. And, and then you had Kaysen and Kesley in that time. Yes. And when we had them, I began to sense that, uh, I had a different kind of calling on my life as a father now, and it just changed everything. Sure. Um, and I basically, I, really what it came down to is the summers. In the summers, Miranda was basically a uh, single mom. 
because I would leave to go to church camp and then we'd go to mission trip. Then we do junior high thing. And then, you know, one thing after another for the whole summer. And, um, I couldn't do that to her and I didn't want to miss that time with my own children. Um, and so God just began to kind of move my heart away from that in some ways. Um, and then everything happened in the church and I lost that position. And so then I began looking at some other church positions and some other youth ministry things and decided in the end that it just wasn't time for that. And so I started, um, got my, I had already finished getting my college degree, which I'd never done. I didn't have a degree when I was with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had done that in the meantime, um, right as my kids were being born. And um, so I got my teaching certification and became a teacher. So now I teach seventh and eighth grade woodshop. And um, I actually this year was a 10 year mark for me doing that. Wow, 10 years. It's hard to believe that it's been that long, but that totally makes sense. That tracks with real time moving. Yeah. So how long was your youth ministry run? 15? Uh, It was easily 20. Yeah, so, I was going to say, it was more like 20. I did part-time youth ministry um, in Alito, Texas, which was before I came to Tomball. And I did that for a couple of years, part-time. And I was working other part-time jobs and going to college at the time. Came to Tomball, I was in Tomball for 12, and then I was in Lake Jackson for about eight or so before everything okay. happened. Yeah, I was going to say, you were, at, you were at TUMC for like – a dozen years or something like that. So we're talking over 20 years of youth ministry experience. Well, because we got then, all of Amy in high school, years, all of me and all of Zach. 10 so years of there. teaching experience. Yeah, man, I'm old. Uh, you are old. <laughs> you are old. But here's what I want. My question, I guess, I want you to, for really quickly, because that was a pretty big, that was a big change. I mean, you're doing a career change, and 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 it's just totally Although different. Although we did, we built a lot of skateboard ramps, so you probably were able to put that on the resume, I assume. <laughs> But you know how to build from, quarter pipes. On the resume. That's a whole other story. But. You went from <laughs> no, no, having the fullest summers in the world to having teacher summers. So you basically inverted your year. And so now you're really busy during the school year and you're much more chill in the summer. Uh, but what what was, I guess, the biggest adjustment to make, number one? And then number two, I bet there are people who are wondering – is long-term forever paid ministry my thing? And and how would you counsel somebody who's trying to weigh that decision? Uh, if I could even maybe piggyback on that second question, you can answer the first one, but, but on that second question, what do you say to people who think that ministry is a lifelong calling? Uh, and you've seen yourself, you know, vocational ministry, that is, uh, you know, kind of, you know, roll, roll out. Um, so you can answer those in whatever order you want. I, I would say absolutely. Um, ministry is a lifelong calling, or at least a Christian's life, right? Um, for the length that, from the time you become a Christian, we are called to do ministry. Um, vocational ministry is a whole other thing. Uh, that's what I would say. The something else that kind of kind of plays into this is that my philosophy for ministry with youth ministry, as you guys experienced, was that if you want to have a quality moment with a kid or a student or a group or whoever, you got to have quantity time, right? And so 
my my style of ministry with you was was yeah we did some programs we did the wave and we had bible studies and we went to church camp and we did some events some things like that but i wanted to live my life with you guys i wanted to you know jesus the disciples went with him everywhere right so that's why you guys went with me to all the places that you went because i was going to go anyway that was country I, thought cafe. Just, I thought you were bored <laughs> well that's not probably part of it but <laughs> Mel's Country Cafe, just meat, bacon, and bread. Oh, yeah. And Dr. Pepper. I could do that right, right now, <laughs> I would okay. take you next time you're here. I would love so, it. So ministry's lifelong calling, but you would say vocationally is just a whole other bag. Um, do you miss it? And if so, what do you miss? Oh, I definitely miss it. Yeah? Uh, but, but the other thing is, once I had my kids and I felt this other calling as a father, um, it's... I still have the same philosophy, right? Yeah. I want to be with my kids as much as possible to have the quantity time so I get those moments, right? Yeah, sure. And so um, you, my schedule flip-flopped, but my philosophy didn't, right? Yeah. You know? What do you miss uh, the most? What do I miss? I miss being able to talk in my vocation, in my, my uh, woodshop teaching yeah. class. I miss being able to talk openly about Jesus. Okay. Um, I have students in my classes in such need. And I see situations that I would probably very rarely see in the church. Sure. Um, and the kids are tougher in a lot of ways, harder because of the situations that they come out of. Just in general, obviously there's some hard situations in the church too. Um, and I can't, be straight up with them, you know? Yeah. Now, there are those moments when they approached me, I can talk. And I love those moments when that happens. Um, but that's been the most difficult. That and then my time in the Word has changed. Okay. I'm more personal now, and I'm not trying to prepare a lesson or a study or whatever it is. And, um, I got to be honest and say I probably uh, don't spend the time like I used to. And so, um, yeah, when I had to study and have something ready to go every week, you know, yeah, I was working at it a little harder. So I missed that too. All right. So I remember this time, and I was thinking about this driving back from HEB, where uh, you were the first guy I knew to, like, bring in other musicians. So you brought in Mike Briscoe to do his thing and shout out had, day yeah, after day. Yeah. Uh, and you had us, uh, playing. If you're, if you ever find Mike, let him know that one time I was really rude to him and I'm sorry about that. Um, but I think but, I actually uh, apologized to him for that. Thank you. Good. Um, on both of our behalves, because that was a team effort. Uh, we were so, often mean. I, I don't even know about this. You no, were was, with us. Uh, was he? Yeah. It was on a thrown together recording, but I, but you decided, I can't remember everything about it, but you decided to interrupt the time by throwing a chair and getting really mad, but it was fake mad. And we had no idea it was coming. So you threw a chair onto the stage and you were like, listen to me, everybody. If you're ever going to be this kind of fake worshiper, (coughs) we're all panicking. Um, back before, uh, kind of remember this, just some issues. I was with Josh Gummany 
and and he's like crying and we're in the back room now praying for whatever's going on uh but you had you That's had awesome that you were doing that staged the whole outburst an illustration. and you told nobody oh, mine, mine knew mike briscoe knew okay so what what the was other going adult on there? knew none of the kids knew I don't even think all the adults do. Actually, that's I, that's one of the things I have thought about and really regret, just the way that it went down. I, I don't think it was necessarily a bad idea. Um, I think that I I, I uh, fell into my, the angry role too easily. Okay. <laughs> I that might have been more real than it was intended to be. And, um, yeah, I have I have – Pray for forgiveness about that. I uh, I have only I, I, again, kind of remember I think, that. I think it could be done in a, an appropriate way. I just don't think that I did that. Okay. I often think did about. You, you had a question with all that though, didn't you? What was it? Was uh, I just, uh, what was going through your head? What made you think? I've never seen anything like that before. So what were you like? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get fake mad. Or maybe oh. it's I was gonna gonna get real mad and just but but plan to get super mad about the things that bug me i i think the uh i think it was uh you know the righteous anger thing jesus you know turn over tables yeah turn it over to all that yeah uh so that's what I, well and also briscoe had a song that was connected to that in some way i honestly can't really remember how all that I don't remember at all. I just remember I felt bad about it. <laughs> uh, I, I only vaguely remember that. But but to, to pivot from that a bit, you, you uh, as a, I think a lot of, uh, you know, youth ministers, uh, student ministry directors, whatever you want to call them, um, you were very creative. You, you know, you tried to find ways to make points connect to kids. And one of the things that, you know, Hans kind of brought up to you is like, uh, what – what's do you think still translates you know now it's 2020 obviously you know outside of corona palooza what what still works what still translates you already mentioned like quantity of time spent but it you know can you imagine doing ministry in today's context with all of the you know things that like you used to be able to do and get away with even so so to, to bring that up even like ben haug who started you know in ministry my the guy that's student ministry director at my church started in student ministry at 22 and he's 28 now uh and he's kind of going there's stuff that you used to be able to do that you just can't do anymore even in that span of time yeah. so for you in the span of you know 25 years uh what you know what is the way in w which student ministry can still happen uh in the steve corn playbook like is there is, well, is it like back to the drawing board or i don't i think in the end it's all relationship right and you build relationships in the ways that you're allowed to. And in those days, we could do it a little differently, but it's still the same. That's what Jesus did. You know, he, he took the disciples on a journey with him and showed them things along the way. And they spent time together and hung out. And um, it all happened in a natural sort of way. Um, the other thing I would say I think is, is, is critical is that I don't think people give students enough credit as far as what they're able to accomplish and do themselves. Like you say I was creative, but if you'll recall for those creative moments to happen, we had meetings with students beforehand where like brainstorming sessions 
Yeah, I do kind of remember that. And you guys you let us make Ghostbusters videos and stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> I wanted you to own it, and I wanted you to you guys to be thinking about how how can we communicate this message to my peers? Because the truth is, as much as I knew your language, y'all knew it better, right? Um, and I would say today it's the same thing. Guys just need to kind of learn the students' language and the students' culture enough that they can speak it, and then empower those students that you've got the relationship with to do it themselves. Um, I, I would say something else that's changed so dramatically is just social media and technology. Oh, gosh. Do you think, Steve, first, uh, because that's huge, um, would we have survived a social media youth <laughs> ministry? It'd be different for sure. Like, you know, those brainstorming sessions where you guys, we'd sit in there and we'd talk about, you know, what can we do for this and this and this? And you guys had to think, how are you going to do that? Well, today we just Google it. Yeah. There'd be no brainstorming. It'd be like, let's look at whatever else is done and copy it. Copy that. Yeah. So where do you think? You're, you're um, on to me, by the way, and how like I preach. So uh, <laughs> I don't let me, let me let, uh, Steve, in regard to youth ministry itself, because uh, I think you would agree with this philosophy based upon what you have already said about your philosophy of, I want to give my kids quantity time. So the the big phrase that has been rung and resounding for some time is it's the parent's job to disciple their kids. Okay, so that's thing number one. And then over here, you also have, yeah, but when Steve tells Han something, he listens, <laughs> and when Hans's mom tells Hans something, he says, what do you know? So over here you have, you know, it's like churches have to say, oh, we come alongside parents. But I do think there's a, uh, there's a unique value to the youth minister or the youth ministry team in a church, even with that shift. Um, and do you, even now that you've made the personal shift out of this role, are you still seeing that value? And how can youth ministry teams and leaders really maximize it if you do see that value? I would say as, as far as um, it's the parents' job to disciple their kids, there's no denying that they're the ones who be held responsible for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the end. Um, but I think part of that is finding other people to be connected to them and youth ministers and folks like that are, that's one way to do it. You know, um, my own kids, there are, there are some specific men, Casey in particular, I've been doing some things with him um, about manhood and just trying to train him up. And um, there are some specific men that I have asked, you know, will you be a part of, of his life and, and speak into things? Thanks thanks for asking me, by the way, Steve. Absolutely. Would Man, love if to. you guys were close, I'd be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm a better guitar player than most people, so I'm really grateful that you've asked me to teach him how to play guitar, and that I'm not the worst one of the three of us in the, in this Zoom Zoom meeting right now. <clears throat> so, uh, so uh, briefly, uh, as we as we look, at, I I agree with everything that you said. I think I, I and I agree with what Han said too. I think oftentimes, and maybe maybe it's just because it's it's trending among churches that can't afford full time student ministry people to say, ah, oh, it's a parent's job to do that. They're like, Oh, all of a sudden we've got enough money to hire somebody. We're going to hire somebody. Right. Um, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, people are older now and want that. Uh, and, uh, and our, their kids are older and they want somebody else to tell their kids how uh, Jesus loves them because they're no longer listening. But even, even for the youth ministry, like I remember 
there were things that we bring in, I don't know, Casey Cease or somebody to, to speak. You know, Scott Crenshaw, you mentioned earlier. We we bring those guys in and they'd share things with you. And sometimes you guys would be in awe of the things that they that, Yeah, you were like oh, the sure. parent. You yeah. studied that. I just went over that with you. So I was like You weren't a, as funny as that guy was. Well, that's Steve. true. No, <laughs> What's funny is, and this, this is true, is that so even though- photo youth ministers, I guess. Even though Scott has had his troubles post, yeah. uh, you know, in ministry post that, uh, it was, I remember being in Metro Bible study and watching Scott preach. Now you brought me there, watching him preach. And I thought, I want to do that. Wow. I want to be able to communicate to people about God like he does it. Because I had not seen anybody. I, I remember the room was silent. He was talking about Peter walking on water. And that room was silent. And I was like, what in the world is is happening right now? That's the, I want to do it. One, I remember. And then, and then oh, you, like, you, you yeah, you brought him you brought him in and we had a little round table on a rainy day in like the choir room uh and and let us talk about it and so i think maybe maybe what i'm seeing and how you did these ministry maybe versus sometimes how i see it you did have parents around you that i didn't know about right you like that there was a whole uh there was a whole smoky back room of parents who were really helping to make it happen when i thought i was like yay we got this uh, but I, how do you create a culture of empowerment of youth versus just entertaining them? Because that's a hard thing to do. How do you empower high schoolers and middle schoolers to go after stuff where you're kind of like, they're probably going to screw it up? Oh, I will say, I, there are times I think I let you guys screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there were times we didn't get it right. Um, I, I don't know that I really have a real answer, but... I guess my gut on this is that, like, I remember we did something. We, we had the program that we did was called the Wave, right? Yeah. And so Ooh. we did the Wave on tour. Remember that? I do. And and I remember, like, during that time, my whole thing was we're going to do what we normally do that you guys have been a part of, and you, you had learned how to do it where we were, but I wanted you to do it somewhere else. And so you could right. hopefully see that this is not just for us. It was beyond us. And you could do it, you know? Um, I think doing so I, wave, wave on Tour taught uh, – I remember Wave on Tour uh, vividly. Uh, staying at other churches, almost mm-hmm. lock-in style, things like that. Um, just wherever, kind of around Texas where we could. Uh, you know I what I – doing ministry. Yeah. I, I, and I, I remember learning how to set up a sound system, like a portable sound system, uh, which I think also like, you know, district campus, stuff like that taught us that. But, but Wave on Tour probably first. Um, and I remember, like, I know I'm talking more like technical nerdy things because even though Hans was a part of some of that music stuff, I don't think he maybe picked up as much or was interested in as much as I was. And uh, being able what? to like, <laughs> being able to just show up like kind of in college ministry and like already kind of know, like, I don't ever remember you going, Evan, here's how faders work. Here's how, and you probably did, but like, you know what I mean? Like, cause we were all like, we were all learning together, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and like, uh, learning how amps worked and crossovers and all, all that kind of stuff. But hearing like us figure that out with Eric Corville or, or, uh, you know, uh, people like just figuring out how to make the sound system louder at district camp or we forgot the right mixer. We've got to try and figure out this, like just, even just that troubleshooting, you ha- kind of had that personality. Like we'll make it work. We'll figure it out. 
which a that's like the ride or die like small church you know like we don't have right. a lot of money kind of way that you got to do it not good to do but it works kind of mentality um that a lot of churches just have to have and you just like i think just kind of through osmosis like taught me that to where by the time i was ready like i was 22 and i was getting hired to do ministry like i knew a lot of that stuff uh and and uh had had picked up even more of course like just being in college ministry but like I knew how to make a fender passport system work. Nobody taught me. Uh, I just, you know, went to a Mexico mission trip once and they had one uh, and I watched and I figured it out and you took me on that mission trip, you know, like that kind of thing. And yeah. so there is like a, uh, there, there is this sort of, you know, I, Hans looks back and he thinks about like Scott Crenshaw, um, you know, kind of getting like, I want to do that. I kind of looked back at you leading worship and I was like, I want to do that. Um, like what you, what you were doing. And then I saw like Robbie C and like other people and I was like, or that that's, that's cooler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. That's like, you know, like, right. But like, <laughs> but you started it like first it was you like, right. And then you exposed me to other things that were like, these are like what professionals do that aren't just like student ministry guys that also know how to play guitar uh, and, and sing. But like you started it and then you, you let us do it like at, <laughs> at 16, you know? Uh, yeah. And uh, like, so we just got done last week. Our church had senior Sunday and our student ministry band left. Uh, and that's been a tradition before I was interim senior pastor. Like that's been a tradition at, at sure. the Bible for a really long time, probably going back to when I was a kid, uh, as well. But so like seeing that and seeing our, uh, senior worship leader, his name's Connor, but like watching Connor, I just like, I'm like, yup, remember that? Like just looking back at Connor and like Ben, like nodding approvingly, like, ah, oh, so proud. That kind of stuff. Like I remember being Connor, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and so there is just this really, and I mean, I don't know if Connor's going to end up doing what I do for a living or whatever, but there was just this sense that everything that I did kind of set me on the trajectory that I'm still on. Well, uh, I mean, what is the uh, the phrase in the dust of the rabbi, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, they talked about how uh, the disciples, their role was to be so close to Jesus and follow next to him so well that they got the dust of off his feet right yep that's what we were doing really we were i was just going out trying to do some ministry and having you guys right there with me i just pull you in where i could and y'all were not that i was a rabbi by the way I'm not, you were a teacher but, rabbi just means but, teacher it's fine. but but the uh really woods job like i do now is kind of the same you know yeah i teach but but i don't teach by standing up and telling them what to do like, come come um, over here to this table saw and don't cut off your finger with me. Right. <laughs> so so going back to the calling thing. So this is this is why I asked the question, not because I don't agree with your answer, because I totally do. Uh, but it's funny because we went. I don't know if you remember this, but you probably do. Uh, we went to a. It was like the. It wasn't midwinter. It was breakthrough. It was the other thing that you could go oh, yeah. to. The cooler. The cooler one, uh, huh? <laughs> where Scott Crenshaw might preach, or Charlie Hall might lead worship, or Chris yeah. Tomlin. Would, would introduce Be Glorified before it was even on a passion album and oh, like, you on PowerPoint for him. Uh, those sorts of, when he had a mullet and played keyboard. Uh, <laughs> and so like, uh, and where I would hear Not Ashamed by Delirious for the first time and be like, this is the greatest rock and roll song I've ever heard. Uh, you know, those sorts of memories. That's what I remember about Breakthrough. But I also remember, and I don't think it was Scott, I think it might've been Greg Mott, uh, who's pastor, uh, uh, almost Hans's boss. Uh, <laughs> at one point. Uh, so story for another day. But I remember him asking a rededication, like it was the normal altar call camp thing. And it was, you know, trust in Jesus, 
rededicate your life. That's the other alter. Like, okay, you already did the, the first one, but you can come do this one now. Rededicate your life. And then there was the call to ministry one. Uh, and it was that, I mean, that's a typical kind of like more Baptisty thing, right? Like even though it was a Methodist camp, it was heavily influenced by non-denom Baptistic, broadly evangelical stuff, um, which that was TUMC in a nutshell anyway. Yes. And uh, at that time. Uh, and so I remember going, I've already done the first one, done the second one. I've already done the first one. I've already done the second one. I guess I should maybe do this third thing if it means what I'm doing now which is running PowerPoint for Chris Tomlin. This seems great. Um, and, and so I went and I didn't really know what it meant. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, like you, you talking to me about it afterwards and you're like, you, do you know what that means? Like when they say call to ministry, like, and, and you kind of, you, you told me, you're like, yeah, it just means like, you're going to do that. Like you're, you're not going to like go get a regular job. Like you're going to like stay in church. And I was like, I wondered if that's what it meant. And I kind of was like, it kind of got cold feet. Like I, I boxed myself in too soon. Like I made this commitment to a holy God. There's no way to get out of this now. I, I'm a, I'm a, a monk, you know, that's like made a vow. I didn't know. But I remember it was sort of kind of like really not, I think it was in eighth grade. Um, it was before I was doing any worship stuff. Like before I had the confidence or the ability to do anything. Right. Uh, worship stuff. And I was just, just doing behind the scenes stuff with you. I wasn't even a high schooler yet. And, but you were kind of like, that's cool, man. And you didn't, you didn't like make a big deal out of it and go, Hey, I don't think you really understood that. You didn't, you didn't like, you didn't, you didn't squash it, which I think even now would be my like instinct is to like take a kid who like went to a, a weird camp, I'm not saying the breakthrough was weird. It was pretty formative for me, but you know what I mean? Went to a camp, heard a altar call thing. And then they got told like, you know, I don't know who asks, eighth graders if they should be called to ministry but that doesn't seem like something that probably happens as much anymore um but it definitely happened at that camp uh and you kind of just went cool man like what do you think that means uh and that was really interesting because i think it i agree with you like calling gets thrown around too cavalierly and it, it you know i think that people move in and out of season with things just like you have um but at the same time i think you not squashing it and going, hey, uh, just so you know, like eighth graders aren't really called to ministry. <laughs> yeah, you really don't. You're <laughs> yeah. not really sure what's going on yet. Yeah, you you don't you don't even know how the Holy Spirit works yet. So, uh, you know, like that kind of thing. But, um, but I, I honestly don't even remember that at all. You're you're informing me of it because I'm yeah. older that I forget things now. Sure, yeah. Uh, but but I will say, I, just knowing myself, if you had done that, I probably would have seen that as permission. To get you more involved. No, I think you absolutely you know? did. Uh, I think after that, it was like, okay, well, like you said this thing, like, here's what that looks like. Exactly. Let's do the odd guy thing. Let's do oh, that. Yeah. Like it all be, it all snowballed from there. Huh. Uh, but it started when I was in eighth grade. And I, and so like my involvement, which was already high, I would say, uh, you know, for a junior hire, cause you just pick me up from my house all the time and took me everywhere. Um, like, and I'm sure I'm not the only kid that felt that way. That was the funny thing is like, I felt really special, but I, you know, I know you did sure. a lot of kids. I, I know, but like, I know I'm special to you. Know. Obviously I'm still special to you. And, <laughs> and you and I still have a unique bond that uh, transcends really special, most, like most other else. people's relationships with you. <laughs> but if that weren't the case, uh, what I was trying to say is I think that, uh, you know, it really did set me on a, on a trajectory that it's, it's, I think it's hard to overstate, like just you kind of, going all right cool let's let's roll which seems like such a benign thing but i don't in my case i don't think it really was it was a, it was a very like affirming formative thing 
Not, the, but Steve, you're clearly we're not the only ones. There are plenty of others who would no, absolutely say the same thing. Here's one right here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Kevin. This doesn't seem safe. <laughs> no kidding. I'm not the one holding it. Uh, oh, Amy's okay. holding it. Yeah. Yeah. Great seeing you. What's up, man? Awesome. We need your favorite Steve memory oh, in, no. in, in, in the pixelated car ride home. I'm going to just disconnect at this point. <laughs> no, no, no. What's your favorite Steve memory? Oh, man. If they're still there. Go ahead. Talk about your all-time backfires. Hear me? Oh, kind of. I, I can hear you enough. Give it a shot. Okay. All right. This is like not so yeah, this is not a good sell spot apparently. No, my That's okay. favorite, my favorite one. Well, there are lots, I suppose. One of my favorite ones though is when we went camping in Big Bend. Did we talk about this yet? Yes. Uh, no, we have not talked about this, but this is this is among some of the better ones. Good. All right, sweet. So uh, Kevin can share in the same memories here, but um, when it well, one of my personal favorites is when it started raining on the last night. Um, and oh, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh. And the tent collapsed. <laughs> the worst. I and hate Shana, this tent. I remember Steve hating that tent. Yeah. And Shana and I look out the window of our little dinky tent that y'all made fun of the whole time to see the four of you, your heads just bobbing around in the lightning flashes. <laughs> and I hear Steve just yelling, I hate this tent. I hate this tent. <laughs> What kind of a crappy and tent? I'm wet. I'm wet. <laughs> and then uh, Evan kept saying dude over and over again. That's and Kevin tracks. just kept going, oh, oh, <laughs> So Shana and I were just laughing. And then we went back to sleep. And you guys you had a ra Y'all had a rain guard on your tent. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And y'all went and slept in the van and the car or the cars or whatever. Cars, the two cars. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure that was like. Hurricane Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh, we had no idea. There were no cell phones. There was no way to know uh, whether or not there was big weather moving in. It was a different time, and uh, and a huge Man, flash flood like blew through our camp. Yeah, it was. It was great. It was a good time. Those were good times. Was there something with a skunk as well? That was earlier yeah. on that same trip. Yes, same, a fox and a trip. skunk. Yeah. The fox was my favorite. Oh, Remember, and then Kevin was Kevin threw something at it. Like y'all were like, "Dude, throw something at it!" No, you throw something at it. Yeah. And, so Kevin was like, and the fox is like, you know, moves like one leg, and you all went, "Ah!" And screamed and ran back in the tent. And the fox just looked at you like, "What?" <laughs> Great. It was good times. We were all uh, very mature. Yeah, totally. It was great. It was so fun. How about you, Kevin? You have a good favorite Steve memory? That was going to be the one I gave. Why did you steal that one? Uh, <laughs> oh, too bad. Um, that was essentially not a youth trip. I just want to say that. That's correct. No. Oh, not. look at this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, wait, what happened? Dale, Dale joined, but he's frozen because he, he lives froze. in he lives in a in the woods. <laughs> there he is. Hi, Dale. Hey guys, <laughs> Dale. What's your hey, favorite Steve memory? Oh shoot, man, I, I'm on the spot. Hey Steve, how you doing? Uh, great. 
Little embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Good. <laughs> Give me a sec. Steve, did we do a big going away thing for you? I think because you stopped being a youth minister when I was when I was in your under your tutelage. I didn't stop being a youth minister. I just stopped at that church. I mean, for as far as I care, though. <laughs> it was you, Dale. I had to leave. <laughs> no, I, I remember um, uh, one time, I uh, Hans was back in town from college. Shana was around. And uh, I skipped school that day. For some reason, it didn't matter. I didn't need to be there. And we all went to the Galleria Mall. Uh, uh, and... And I don't remember if, if any godbolds were there too, but we, we joked, we, we went out there, we were just hanging out for the day, and uh, Hans made a joke that you should put all of the lunch on the church's credit card and put it under a new ministry called Three God, Three Generations of Discipleship. Uh, and so he said, we'll make it up right now, Three Generations of Discipleship, Three God, Smart. and you can make the lunch for us. <laughs> did you? I'm sure, I'm sure he did, but probably not. That. Yeah, I feel the, like I remember kind of being at, at the mall with you, but I don't remember that restaurant. <laughs> I mean, some of my favorites, Steve, were like when you taught me how to dance in my front yard, me and Shelby, and we took turns learning. Fun. Yeah, it took turns learning how to do lifts and jitterbugs. And yeah, then, I was gonna say it was jitterbug stuff, like yeah, throw jitterbug. around. Like, yeah, it's so great. And then I learned how to do it, and then I learned how to teach it. So I taught, I taught Kevin how to do it and we did it in high school all the time and now now that i'm a mom i taught my sons and i was like y'all the ladies are gonna love this like they're gonna love that you know how to dance all you have to do is throw them around like a rag doll and they will love it <laughs> yes <laughs> this is an well, end I, I got to dance with shelby at her wedding because of all that yep that's, that's true that's right that was a really special moment i forgot about that that's great i don't know if you remember um the when I was teaching you guys those things, I was also teaching that at Lakeview with Jolynn Doherty. She was like helping me teach that. So yes, yeah. So oh, <laughs> Shana. Hey, Shana. Hey, Jeff. Just a group of people who love you, Shana. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Steve you. memory? Hi. <laughs> 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 this is awesome. <laughs> Awful. I, I just took a shower, you guys. I'm looking good on the internet. <laughs> That's right. For our audio <laughs> listeners, Shana's making a wonderful face, and it made me laugh a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Shana, what's your favorite thing about Steve? Oh, uh, so much. Oh, man. So many memories. Um, I think one of my favorite, well, there's so many, but... One of the ones that sticks out to me right now is probably when we went to New York City and we drove. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> with you, Hans, <laughs> to yeah. move in. Yeah. I think I, I think I loved when we crossed over the bridge with my all of my stuff in the in the trunk or whatever, and um, we played the song Oklahoma because that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what Steve and Miranda were going to go see together on. Conway, so <laughs> I don't know, it was just so fun. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, how many? We have so many memories, so many good memories. So I have very few, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you showed up a little later. That's all right. 
Yeah, you used to have I got memories from the chef, though. That's right. Oh, hey, Brian Brian Adams. Are. Yeah. Brian Adams concert. <laughs> it's all Brian Adams. Being yeah. old guys together. When I love yeah. you. Mm-hmm. you Brian concert. Adams or Ryan Adams? Brian. Brian, Brian, Brian. for sure. Brian. Steve would not see Ryan Adams. He would see no. Brian Adams for sure. No, I don't know. I don't know. It was the Ryan Adams that I knew from Tumbo Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew that Ryan Adams too. Uh, and they saw Mute Math together too. Oh, that's yeah. I, I, saw, was, I, saw math, I saw Mute Math with Hans. <clears throat> I think. I think we I, I've never well, seen Mute Math. Really? Think, they opened no. for Crowder. I think we were both at that Crowder show. But um, but all this to say, because we've gone on a bit, Steve, <laughs> there are many more who could join, um, but they didn't accept the invite because they didn't want to come into the room. <laughs> uh, so there are families not just throughout the texas area but throughout the country or world who are different because of you yep and um you've lived multiple lifetimes it feels like and so both for you we want to say thanks but also for anybody who just thinks am i making a difference the answer is absolutely yes that if you commit your ways to the lord and you just kind of keep chipping away at it you have no idea because i just had that dawning that my oldest was my age, is now my age when I met you. Uh, And uh, you have no idea what the Lord does through just steady faithfulness and dumb mistakes. Guys, do this. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. Thank you, everyone, for joining uh, for this week's episode of You Never Study. To Amy and Kevin and Dale and Shana and Jeff and any who might have come, uh, thank you. You guys are awesome. And uh, we appreciate it all, so we'll go ahead and stop the feed. Bye, guys. Bye. You're all free to leave now. Steve taught me how to do multi-track recording by myself and make That's guitar right. noodle licks like this it's off. It's off Facebook now, so everyone's safe. You can leave if you need okay. to leave. Or you can stay. Or you can stay, but Bye. did you guys stop? Bye, Bye Amy and Kevin. Bye. See you guys.